Stephanie Hooper. Thank you for tuning in to the Meaning of Everything podcast, where we are working to uh, reimagine, reinvent, uh, rediscover what it means to be human. So a few quick things. Today's podcast is going to be about our New Year's resolutions, specifically one that I made last year. I'll tell you a story about it, and hopefully it won't be overly boring. Please feel free to skip it, uh, but I think it might be of interest uh, to people because it's about love and sex. I'm going to talk about my resolution last year to be celibate for the year of 2018. Uh, a few quick things. I Last episode when I had on Tyler Tully, who was fantastic, and there was a great response to him, of course, uh, and I can provide ways to get in touch with him and his work. Uh, anyway, I said that it was episode 11. I was incorrect. It was episode 12. I had forgotten that I was choose to do an episode during the Christmas week, which I had originally considered taking off, but I decided to do one. So that was 11. And I misspoke yesterday or uh, Monday for that. So that's one thing. Uh, another is, you know, I often in these shorter episodes on Thursdays like to reflect on themes that we had discussed previously. I did, however, think that Tyler and I were accessible enough and communicated clearly enough and were, were definitely really in touch with the humanity of it all, you know, with his talking about his personal experiences with evangelicalism and trauma and power and what the world needs. Uh, those things were all really, really important. I think we were really thorough. And so I'm going to I'll let that conversation rest for now and pick it up another time. It's definitely an ongoing conversation. And perhaps one of the more important conversations happening in, in the world today, you know, what, what do we do about the increasingly polarized, you know, political religious rhetoric in the United States? What do, what do we do about it? And Tyler, Tyler and all of that conversation definitely plugs into that. So that'll be an ongoing conversation in this podcast um, for sure, it's so important. Uh, but also, this is an opportunity to talk about New Year's, which is a holiday that I have vacillated on many, uh, many times. Of course, in my younger years, I had a lot of disdain for it because who makes, you know, who makes resolutions? Was basically what I always said: if you wanted to do something, just do it at any time of the year. Uh, but I have since come to see see the cultural act of it to be important, the community about it and the idea, and also the symbolism of a new year, I find it to be quite beautiful. And so I don't always make a resolution. And last year, in fact, my resolution was a little bit lucky because the, the timing was uh, serendipitous. So basically, here is the story. I will tell you the story of my first ever and very successful New Year's resolution. Now, I won't I won't, I thought about talking about how to stick to a New Year's resolution as somebody who is uh, nothing if not really disciplined than I am, uh, and also somebody who has spent a lot of time working in the field of nutrition. Like I, I know New Year's resolutions and how people behave with them back and forth, um, but I, there's so much writing about that in the world, and I would be happy to share my perspective. Let me know if you want me to. I'll do a live on it or something on some platform, um, but I thought it could be more interesting and, and important for me to talk about my my personal my personal experience. You can know we learn a little bit about me, I suppose, also. So last year what happened was the I decided 
I had an experience that made me resolve to commit to celibacy. And it was fascinating because it wasn't something that I had to force myself to do. People would often say to me, oh, you must be like so struggling. Like, oh, you know, God forbid you have to go a few weeks or months without having sex. They're like, wow, this must be so difficult for you. But actually it was one of the easier decisions that I had ever made. It felt very natural. It felt very right to say that I wasn't going to be doing this anymore. And the place that I was in with respect to dating at this time was pretty dark. Uh, I have a, had, have a long and sad history of relating to men. Uh, I see women also occasionally, but primarily men. And it was always, oh, almost always deeply traumatic for me. And most of it was that I never felt like I was, there were so many occasions in which I felt like I wasn't respected or seen. I always thought growing up, as a child that romance and even things like one night stands would be beautiful and mutual and people, me and another person, people would come together and be present and communicate and want to take care of and please one another, you know, like you have a, have a really, we wanted to have a really nice space together. That was it period. And it took me, many, many years and disappointment over and over and over again, many, many disappointments to realize that that's not how it always works in the real world. And I also learned slowly over time that you have to be very selective about the types of people that you get involved with. The thing is when uh, throughout my twenties, I was often, I am a dancer and often dating dancers and was often dating dancers and getting involved with them and constantly getting burned in, in really bad ways, you know, assault and kind of rape, which is a, a term that I came up with last year to talk about the kinds of non-consensual experiences that you don't fight particularly hard. Um, and there was a straw on, on the camel's back at the end of 2017 when I met up with somebody who had historically never really respected my wants and always put his physical desires before my emotional health. And he did that again. And I was just furious, just furious. I was out shopping with my mother. We were shoe shopping, of course. And I just felt this wave of rage and commitment come over me. And I was just done. And I also realized in doing this that my, I had invested so much emotional energy in the quest for romance throughout my life. And I would long for people, like have this intense longing, but it sucked away energy that I could otherwise be directing towards my friendships, towards my work, towards myself. And I had always thought that I was somebody who was really good at being self-centered, not in the selfish sense, but like centered within myself, balanced, uh, self-loving, right? Whatever, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin and, and the like. And, and, and I then realized once I stopped pursuing men and, and seeking their validation and attention to fill holes in, 
in my life and in my heart or that the holes that I had been told should be there because I'm supposed to be longing for romance and attention. Once I, once I stepped away from this race and I stepped into this journey with celibacy, I, I realized that I really hadn't been as, as good at being self-contained as I had thought all along. I really had been dependent on the chasing attention and finding it and manipulating people into liking me, you know, playing games. I'm, I'm good. I'm good at the games. I have a rule book. I have a playbook. It has 37 commandments in it. Like it, it and, and that's born of personal experience. But anyway, I, I had always been somewhat good at that, but also chronically lonely and, and longing and, and desperate to, to be held and to be validated and all of the things on top of constantly bumping up, not just against rejection, but also against this like deeply dehumanizing wall of masculinity. You know, people refusing to talk to you after you sleep with them, or again, not asking before they do something to you that could be, you know, questionable or non-consensual or what have you, or pushing, you know, demanding that, that you give them things from your body and not at all caring about your personhood. Like these were all real deeply felt things that I was experiencing. And so my journey through celibacy for the first eight months or so, anyway, I wrote off possibility of romantic or sexual connection, period. You know, it wasn't just, I'm not going to have intercourse. It was, I'm not going to get romantically involved with anybody. And what happened, there's so many beautiful things happened. I would walk into a room and men would be there. And the first thing that I thought about wouldn't be a, how do I look or B are any of them like good romantic targets. And I know that's an objectifying way to say it, but that's something that I think a lot of people do and that I always did, you evaluating an environment for prospects, you know? And, and, and then I would uh, constantly have this cloud of expectation or potential or possibility hovering over me and hovering over interaction. Like this is something that is just, it's a basic part of walking through the, you know, the standard heterosexual world. And this is why people always say men and women can't be friends is because there's this cloud of possibility. But I found that when I committed myself to celibacy, the cloud of possibility disappeared, the search for targets disappeared, and all of my interactions with men became much more genuine. And actually, I think deciding to no longer have sex or develop romantic entanglements with people enabled me to have deeper connections with them because it took these possibilities off the table. And then the men that I met were less concerned about my feelings. They were less concerned about what I was going to want or ask for. And I was less concerned about them. And they knew very clearly that nothing was going to happen. Although admittedly, of course, some people took the celibacy as a challenge, which was inevitable. <laughs> but this beautiful thing happened and it really was great for my friendships with men. You know, I developed friendships with men and I learned to stand more on my own two feet. I learned to be more emotionally self-contained, which meant uh, really digging into my purpose in life. And it meant really digging into my friendships. 
And again, I had thought my whole life that I was good at these things, but it turns out there was a whole chunk of energy that I had going towards men, going towards trying to be validated and, and constantly being hurt by the disappointment of, of not finding the connection and, and validation and stuff that I wanted. And so that, that progressively happened. And, and even while I was committed to celibacy, I fell for somebody, of course, right? Of course, this is what always happens. And it was somebody, uh, and it was like a real thing with a capital R. And he had a girlfriend, of course, because men always have a girlfriend. That's actually rule number 20 in the playbook is they always have a girlfriend. <laughs> Quick aside. But uh, through having this experience of quote unquote, you know, capital R realness with him and also um, encountering somebody for the first time, I could see how I would ordinarily get obsessive at this point in time. And I would nitpick his behavior and, and try to figure out what I could do to convince him to like me and all this sort of stuff. Like I, I saw that potential and stalk him on Facebook really thoroughly and all those things. I saw the potential for this to happen to me and my relationship with him and, and follow down that obsessive path that I used to always go down. And I could choose to not walk down it. And celibacy gave me the power to do that and gave me the power to not become obsessed with people who could fulfill my needs. And I also learned that like the other people, you know, their needs matter too and asking them or trying to manipulate them or, or seeking from them some sort of validation and need was not necessarily always fair. You know, it wasn't fair to this guy that, that, I, that I thought about him in terms of what he could give me and maybe I should still continue to persevere in thinking in terms of what I can give people and care less about what, what sort of romantic needs are meeting for me in terms. And that was incredibly liberating for me. And I felt as though I had learned so much that come August and September when I did some traveling and I met some people and what have you, I, I got involved with them, but it happened in a way that was much less emotionally fraught with tension. I think there had been a lot of healing in my time of celibacy of not getting involved with men who would treat me poorly and developing friendships with men who treated me well and developing my friendships with women, I think there was a lot of healing and I became less needy in terms of filling the holes that the trauma of interacting with men had, had, had given me. You know, I think there's this pattern that some people fall into and not everybody, but when you experience trauma that makes you feel hurt and lonely and objectified, dehumanized, which is de has definitely was for several years my only experience with men, that trauma actually made me seek out attention from men. And so I was stuck in this vicious, vicious cycle. And I, climbed, I managed to climb out of it by taking space and healing and actually doing that very cliche thing of digging deep into myself and my purpose and feeling at home in a way that made that I felt a completeness. I didn't need to be completed by, by the men around me. And thus I am, you know, arrived at 30 and happy and single and very comfortable, very comfortable with not having, not having that sort of thing. I do have to continue to be careful that I don't fall into these kinds of obsessive traps and that I don't panic, fall into that panic that women often do 
uh, in terms of finding partners, definitely in their 30s and the like. But it's, life is exciting. And there are so many beautiful ways to be connected with people and to feel whole and to experience community that I just don't need a specific romantic type anymore. So anyway, in closing, that was a resolution I made that radically changed my life for the better. And anybody out there who has struggled a lot with their relationships, with sex or with love or whatever, I think maybe taking a break could, and like a really committed break could shed some important light on your own emotional landscape for you. I'm not saying anybody has to do that, but my experience was overwhelmingly positive. And so I think it could be at least worth a shot if, if you're feeling really, really down in some way or another. So that's that. I'm going to let it go. I hope that me blabbing about celibacy wasn't, uh, wasn't too obnoxious for you. I will be back, of course, in a few days with episode 13. I'm super, super excited. And I will be announcing uh, in that another uh, winner of the uh, free book give away. So tune in next week for that. Sorry, I didn't have one to announce this week. We'll get to it next week. And I am very, very, very excited to be giving books away. So uh, do keep your ears open. All right. You can find me at stephanieruper.com on the Insta, on the Facebook at Stephanie Ruper and the meaning of everything you can find on all various podcasts and YouTube outlets. Uh, dropping a review could be a real, real, real big help for me. And of course, I will enter you into a drawing to get a free book as well if you do. So thank you again so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week. Take care.